What's the story, guys? Welcome to another podcast. This is Marcus Deegan. Get ready for this one, baby! Thanks for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Founders Coffee, the most tasty, delectable coffee here in Las Vegas. Now, check it out. It's right across the road from Ikea on Durango. If you take your What Happens Here promo code, which is WHH, you're going to get 10% off your order. Also, Baller Balm, the most essential beard balm in the business for when your beard needs to be money. And, of course, today's episode is proudly fueled by Proper 12 Irish Whiskey the most tasty Irish gold on the planet. Thanks for joining us, guys. Welcome along to another podcast. This is Marcus. Great to have you here in Las Vegas, man. Got another exciting one for you here today. Uh, the room is surrounded by buddies, friends, and love. We've got Russians. We've got Australians. We've got Americans. We've got Irishmen. We've got the whole kit and caboodle in here today. So thanks very much for joining us. I want to introduce you to a few people in the room. First of all, my main man, Matt. My co-host, number one culinary chef. Cheers, guys. How you guys doing out there? Thanks for watching. What's up, Matty boy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Another episode. Another episode. Here we go. Here we go. I don't it's know. time. The trend, of, <laughs> the trend of Matthews is happening today because, once again, I have another great Matthew in the house, a friend of mine and a buddy, a work colleague, a business partner. We've been together for about 22 years now. Business, well, not together. Business-wise. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Matthew Fardell. What's up, buddy? Hey, mate. How are you? Good, to, good. good to be here. Mate, what that, a great studio. Thank you very much. You're here at Show Creator Studio. They are really stepping up the level. But thank you very much, mate. It's good to have you here. Good to be here. A little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of nostalgia going on right Absolutely. here now. I'm super excited for your, your guest today. Thank you. Super excited. I'm super excited for my guest today as well because this is a man that I have absolutely no clue about, hence the reason why I brought in my two buddies. He is the director of sports science at the UFC. He works up at the most prestigious. I mean, this building is, is state-of-the-art. It's like no other. Would you please welcome to the show today sports science director of the UFC, Mr. Roman Foman. What's up, buddy? <laughs> All good. Thank you very much for the invitation, Marcus. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, everybody. Now, we can hear there's a little bit of an accent out there for everyone yeah. that's listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or iHeartRadio. Where's that accent from? Oh, truly from Russia, with love. <laughs> from, <laughs> from Russia with love. Yeah. I think the only other famous saying from a movie for them, Russia with love, is, I must break you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so, first of all, thanks very much yeah. for coming on. It's great to have you here in the studio. So, for everyone that's listening that might not even know what a director of sports science is, right. because it sounds like a very complicated title, can you just give us a little bit of a brief rundown on what your requirement is and, and what your position yeah. is? Uh, three years ago, when UFCPI was open, so we start using sports science as a core uh, to be able to support our athletes, not just based on some guessing uh, or some, you know, kind of assumptions, yep. but using objective scientific information. Mm. So when fighters, athletes come into UCPI, first what they do, they do a lot of different test assessments. We build first their profile based on objective data around their physical qualities, around their you know, physical preparedness, um, etc. And then we build training solutions, tra uh, training program for them, yeah, or optimize these programs. So we are using we we are not doing anything anything before we measure so right. this is this is what it means so how many of those programs is there involved in that in that one testing element when these fighters are getting tested how many different things do they have to go through to to see their level of where they're at right so we have uh, let's say gold package testing like primarily testing battery it's about let's say 
20 different tests, as well as if we want to go deeper with around particular kind of details, physiological peculiarities or whatever it could be, we apply an even more. We have maybe 20 different tests and assessments more. So we have four departments, strength and conditioning, nutrition, sports science department, as well as physical therapy and sport medicine. And every uh, each department uh, using their own battery of tests, assessments. So for example, strength and conditioning, the uh, they primarily focusing on evaluation, physical qualities, speed, strength, yep. power, endurance, etc. So sports science is focusing around bioenergetics, so their energy systems, uh, etc. Sport medicine, obviously, around injury prevention, orthopedic evaluation, concussion assessments, etc. And uh, nutrition, of course, around body composition. And as as soon as we understand current functional state of the body, we are able to make better decisions around what has to be optimized, what we need to pay attention more, less, etc. Now, are you involved in all of those four facets of, of that? Yeah, sports science is very mul multidisciplinary. And so sports science department, not just um, delivering some tests and assessment, but we do uh, c pretty comprehensive analytics. Yeah. So we combine different pieces of data and we build models, yeah. uh, including predictive analytics, trying to predict what will be happen if we apply this type of training, this type of nutrition, etc. That yeah. was going to be one of my questions. Do you guys yeah. actually build these ideas of how things are supposed to be from from um, experience of, of other fighters that you have shown these tests? Do you build a, a database on, on that? Okay, so exactly. it's not something that you just pull out of a book. You guys are actually oh, learning and producing exactly. stuff as you go. For instance, I mean, every fighter is different from the other, so I'm sure that every single um, fighter has has different thing uh, categories that they need to improve on. What's the what's the really really um, satisfying part about your job? Oh, <laughs> so it's so exciting to uh, have high profile elite athletes and work with them. This is first. Uh, second, we what we are doing we are breaking barriers. Yep. We are making people better. I mean, in terms of their performance, in terms of their physical abilities. It's, yeah. a, it's so exciting to bring athletes on the next level to, to develop their, you know, physical preparedness, sport mastery, etc. And see, so for example, they perform 25 minutes with one minute rest between rounds, nonstop on the high intensity, showing all, all their arsenal of skills, right? It's so exciting to see instead of just after the first round, fighter get tired and can't Continue not because he lost all of all of his skills, but because there are no physical capacity available, right. no energy, you know, high lactic acid or whatever it could be, metabolic waste, etc. So uh, in DPI, where what we are doing, we are building this first physical capacity to be able to fight and demonstrate your excellence during the fight. So it's so exciting, and of course we are using. Innovations, technologies, uh, a bunch of very cool, uh, cool uh, tools. Um, we have like 50 plus different technologies wow. in, in DPI, data wow. streams, data feeds. And we're trying to collect as much data as we can to be able to make decisions, again, not just based on guessing, but based on objective information around your recovery, around your sleep, around your performance, etc. What a gig. What a gig. <laughs> Yeah. So were you a sports fan? Uh, primarily, were you a combat sports fan before you started this job? Uh, 
I was working with combat sports like almost all my life. A part of my PhD is actually wrestling, sambo, Russian sambo. Formula, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Oh, yes. It's very, so, very popular in uh, UFC right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, when uh, I grew up, my first sport was Sambo, actually. So it's kind of, it was mandatory on that time. If, you, wow. if you're a boy, you have to do some certain, yeah. you know. Wow. Now, explain what Sambo is to some of my less, yeah. some of my viewers that don't know. Some of them think that you're talking about dancing right now. No, that's, the, that's not the, that's not what we're talking about. Sambo is a dance, but Sambo is. Sambo is. Um, I'm familiar with quite formal definition of Sambo. Yeah. So. Originally, uh, that system was created to be able to defense yep. yourself from opponent, from enemy, and it was distributed massively across whole country for population, kind of preparing them to be able to, you know, fight against enemy in any cases, any situations, and it was implemented in military, and then was right. adopted in sport, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And there are some variations like combat sambo, more aggressive, more offensive, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I have noticed that with the with the Russian armies, they 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 teach their uh, their soldiers combat sports as well as obviously um, guns and and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They, but they combat arm to arm combat sports, hand is, to hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hand to hand, arm to yeah. arm, same yeah. thing. Yeah. So on the same end yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Matt. Yeah, so uh, how was it? I got to ask, how was it working at the most state-of-the-art facility uh, in the world, you know, for Amazing. MMA? I'm a big fan of gadgets, you know, technologies. Uh -huh. And before UFC, I was working in a company, um, in high-tech company. We design, produce, manufacture devices to be able to remotely measure athletes' readiness, uh, athlete recovery, etc. Mm. And I'm like, I'm using a lot of different tools and of course to have this 50 plus different technologies to be able to see what is happening in real time in your body in terms of how your metabolism is working yeah yeah how, how everything is changing in our lab in innovation lab in the PI uh, we have big screen and if you want to kind of do a view to max test to max test you will be uh, able to see real time what is happening in your body wow uh, so exciting right wow. and when athletes uh capable to see oh okay my heart rate is growing right my breathing frequency is increasing so they're uh they will become more involved in this process they're more curious uh, about what is happening in their um, body and uh, we We'll, we'll love this process. <laughs> yeah, and, wow. and, and I suppose with um, like with technology these days, you get to see a lot more. It's like the $6 yeah. million man is actually really coming to life here in 2020. Yeah. Now, I suppose a little bit different for you, Matt, when you were studying back in, in, in college mm -hmm. with um, because obviously the technology wasn't as developed. It is. No. Have, have you, is this amazing to hear all this kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, just it's it's phenomenal, really. And, and, and I think you touched on it there where you're talking about giving that feedback to the fighters yeah. would actually get them more involved in the training. I don't think people realise how much goes into this. People think you can just go for a run and then you then you fit, but you're not. You know, right. you, you might be fit for a run, but you're not that doesn't make you fit for, for combat sports. Yeah. Can you talk about how the fighters get that feedback and, and, and is there particular fighters that, that latch onto that more? Yeah, yeah. We have fighters uh, athletes who are involved like fully. They are right. diving mm -hmm. so deep in data. They are using UFCPI like let's say 99.9 .9 or even like 100 percent so they are going through all you know tests assessments etc 
And uh, for example, I will be using this kind of example. I have a ring, right? but this is not simple ring. This is smart ring with a lot of sensors like heart rate sensor, 3D accelerometer. Ring? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Temperature sensor available. And it can collect data 24-7 and provide this feedback. Yeah? Like every morning, you just wake up, scroll down, and you see, um, you can see your sleep quality, how much time you spent being in particular sleep phases, what was your resting heart rate, temperature deviation, etc. And you can kind of optimize your training based on this data, this wow. information, I would say. So, for example, if you recovered completely, okay, let's mm. follow plan, let's do maximal type of, you know, maximal volume, maximal intensity type of workout, no limitations. But if you are not completely recovered, like 70% or 60%, probably today is not the best day for maximal right. training load. Wow. Right? Yeah. So Jesus. It's, yes. it's like a navigation. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like this is like the skeleton of what is going to happen for your workout the next day, primarily because that yeah. takes the data of... Now, did, where did that come from? Did you invent this? Oh, no, not me personally. I was going to say. <laughs> but method, uh, what they are using, heart rate variability method. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was working in a company who built kind of similar product uh, before UFC. And yes, uh, I was one of the developer of that product. Oh, wow. So with the HRV heart rate variability method, um, it will show your adaptability. Let's say, let's put this way. For example, if I will ask you, hey, uh, right after lunch, uh, hey, Let's uh, eat one more burger. You said, mm, Roman, I'm, I'm full. I, I don't have like enough space. So you have no kind of space for extra food, right? So it's similar to adaptability. If your body is not able to get more training load because you're already loaded, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's not good to kind of push yep. extra yep. because it might produce kind of negative results. I will ask. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You ahead. literally said exactly that same thing. We were just having <laughs> this conversation. We're just we're just, talking about. Yep. Yeah. It was like you know you, you can flush a toilet, but there's no point in flushing it again until it gets breathing back up with the water. This was the uh, metaphor that he used earlier. So yeah, we were, we're having this conversation. You want to elaborate on that? Well, just because I think a lot of uh, athletes in general think that they have to. The more they train, the more prepared they yeah. are. But that's not necessarily the case, is exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there is a term. It's a slang scientific term, but anyway, I would like to use it. So cost of adaptation, cost. Yeah? How much your body will pay for particular performance or for particular training session. So none, even single movement is for free. Even if I move my finger, I have to spend certain amount of energy, right? So this energy amount is cost what my body is paying. So for example, if I complete one training session, I have to pay from energetics point of view. Let me uh, pr produce one more word, biological money. It's like your biological cash account, biological money. Yeah. Yeah, and you're spending. Okay, today I'm spending for this training session, for second training session, for third training mm -hmm. session. Question is, do you have still cash available in your body or you're, you're asking bank, Hey, give me more money <laughs> because yeah, no you're money. American, you're probably in deficit. Exactly, no, exactly. and it will produce significant deficit of yeah. energy. Mm -hmm. And especially if athletes can't kind of sleep normally, recover yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely. So next day they will uh, they will feel like tired, overtraining, yeah. etc. Mm. 
but they have kind of mindset oh i have to go i have yeah, to yeah. push th through yeah, yeah. and it will increase this cost even more so it's like debt is increasing yes. and therefore finally it will yeah. go to uh, bankruptcy well, we had Johnny Walker on the show. Johnny Walker, yeah. uh, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he was just telling me some amazing stories. How that he was so unconditioned that he would he, he would build up lactic acid warming up in the dressing room before he went out for his fight. He, he would be getting lactic acid build up, and he said because I didn't know how to pull back, I didn't know how to right. ease up and, and pull the reins a bit. Now he's under, uh, you know, he's fighting out at SPG under Coach John Kavanagh, and he said that John was teaching him a lot on how to how to pull back and ease up and don't overtrain. So that's fascinating that a lot of these fighters, is that just that warrior mentality? They want to just push forward and just go, go, go? Yeah. Uh, there is the more load, the better, the more, the better principle. Yeah. Oh, the more I load, training load I will apply, the higher effect I will get, training effect, or more benefits I will get. But that's not necessarily true. Yes, you will, you will get benefits from training if your adaptability, your trainability is optimal. If you have this <laughs> space available, yeah. right? You load it, you will get benefits. But if you go through this like push, 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 more, 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 seven hours on training, so you will go to overtrain, you might go to overtraining and injuries and illness, suppress your Im immune system, etc. Yeah. So it's, there are a lot of negative consequences from this too high uh, amount of load. So speaking of injuries, what's one of the more common ones that you see at the uh, with, with UFC fighters? Is it, is it meniscus oh. tears and uh, knee injuries? Uh, a lot of, uh, of course, knee injuries, but there are kind of different type of injuries uh, during training or fight injuries, etc. So it's like a bunch of spectrum of <laughs> different of, injuries. Right, yeah. but would you say that knees is more commonly I would say you will need to talk with our physical therapy department about that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll have, I'll give him a call straight after this and see, see what he or she... You might have to go to the PI. We have amazing uh, director of sport medicine department. Yeah, Professor okay. Linden, I definitely recommend. Linden, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's coming on yeah, the show. Heather oh. Linden, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she so. uh, actually, she did a lot of work with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Conor McGregor. Mm -hmm. She did some work with Conor when he tore his ACL uh, right before yeah. the before the Aldo fight. Now, now you say that you see all these fighters coming in and out of the UFC. Is there one that really, really stands out to you that that you're not only a fan of, but are just maybe amazed by the quality of their their strength and their conditioning? And so, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, there are different kind of definitions. Uh, what is like right athlete? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What certain level of physical qualities you have to have uh, available, et cetera. So we have 650 plus fighters on the roster. On the roster. Wow, yeah? that's a lot. So, and some of them are, they have amazing skills, like, I don't know, maybe 1000 different uh, weapons in their arsenal. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. skill-wise. Um, however, their physical side, I mean, fundamental physiological adaptations, for example, their cardiovascular capacity or cardiovascular fitness is lower yeah. or reduced or neuromuscular performance uh, reduced. They have a lot of skills, right? Question is how can we help you demonstrate these skills yes. during fight? Yeah? You will think 
during fight about fight, about your strategy, your tactics, your opponent, your game plan, and no need to think about your physiology or how to breathe or how to move your legs or arms, right? Because right. of fatigue. So we, uh, after completing these different tests, what we do, we are, we're trying to find their potentially limiting factors, and then we elevate this. So for example, if you're preparing for five rounds, 25 minutes, you have amazing speed power, but lack of, let's say, endurance component. Mm -hmm. So you can deliver three rounds, but after third round, you significantly drop down. Right. Yeah? Yes. And so therefore, during training camp, we're focusing on that particular physical quality, and we are building physiological- Maximize their cardio. Yep, adaptations. Mm -hmm. So for example, we're, we can make your heart, uh, your heart larger, yeah? connect uh, your heart, your, your pump, let's say with your muscles, they will work, they will start working together in harmony, let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah. And therefore, you can deliver two rounds more, not just three wow. rounds, and demonstrate your skills, etc. You have higher probability to, do, to realize all your potential, not just wow. your 70%. So, but there are some fighters who has amazing physical component, physical preparedness level, amazing speed, power, strength. Some of them, I would say, I can qualify for national uh, track and field uh, really? uh, team. Yeah, so for example, during this test, what we do, um, energy metabolism, we're measuring in different conditions at rest or during load on the treadmill or on a bike and we see amazing results. So their physical component is above, highly above average wow. for the roster for a particular weight class. However, maybe they have lack of technical, tactical yeah. component yeah. Mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. even psychological, mm -hmm. which is very important, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can be an amazing fighter from physical, amazing athlete from physical side, but you're going to octagon, oh, 20,000 20, people around, lights, yeah. and just, so, so let's talk about that. Is there, is there, is there a mental part to sports science? Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. Is, how do you, how do you how do coach work? someone? Yeah, how, how do you work, work on that? Yeah, how yeah. do you work on that with, with the fighters? At UCPI, we are providing these services, like a mental coaching, psychological support as yep. well. Yep. So, Wow, this yeah, is just the like I crazy. had no idea. <laughs> like I really did. Right now. <laughs> Sit, like I'm literally, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just frothing at what you're saying here because I just had no idea. And I'm sure that everybody that's listening <laughs> didn't really have an idea on it. So it's, it's so fascinating. Sorry to interrupt, but I just had to interject uh, that. So con continue. So there are, let's, let's put this way. So if you start your training first time, first day, right? So what you're trying to develop as a fighter, it's not about strength. It's not about speed. It's not about, yeah. It's a, there is a term sport mastery uh, or preparedness level, sport specific preparedness and there are different components like physical preparedness, technical, tactical, psychological, intellectual as well. Intellectual, there is intellectual preparedness. Wow. Yeah. So I'm fucked in that department. And therefore, if you have all of these components together, like they're matching, you have uh, physical side on place, you, all your physical uh, qualities. The, Yep. sports specific skills, etc. They're matching with your ability, like technical, tactical, etc. Et and, and that's different so, with everyone too, right? There's, there's, there's not one dominant 
part of that like exactly this is this is uh, what is exciting in mma because it's all right? different so it's That's all right. different yeah. so sometimes you need to produce amazing speed power timing etc yeah. right sometimes you need just yeah yeah know. now is that natural in the athlete like when someone comes in that has precision timing and power mm -hmm. is that just their natural ability so you don't need to work on that as much or is that something that they have worked on right so some physical qualities kind of most mostly determined by genetics right. for example speed yeah mostly uh but there are other physical qualities like endurance right yeah you can definitely mm -hmm. develop this significantly or strength yeah yep. as yep. well yeah so it's it's again it's art of sports science to determine where we need produce these changes in your body in your heart and yep. muscles in your i mean respiratory yep. system find that place and specifically target this area and then train 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 and get outcome yeah so if you will have these adaptations available in your body so you, you can demonstrate amazing performance yeah wow this is incredible <laughs> so what kind of supplements do you use oh um, that, that was the other this question. This question to sports nutrition department. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get that guy out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get that guy out of here, Marcus. Well, I mean, because it's, look, it's a commonly asked question that yeah, people yeah. think, like, you, you're talking about all these amazing things that they do at the PI now. They're thinking, like, do they do that yeah. with creatine, with protein powder, with vitamin A, vitamin yeah. B? Do they do B sh B12 shots? Do they, right. do they eat steak? Do they have V? You know what I mean? There's, there's just so many things. So, obviously, there is a nutrition department that, that caters to all yeah. of the multivitamin supplementary side. Mm -hmm that is legal um, f from the commission for the sport? 100% legal. I can confirm as a Russian scientist. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. Just so you know. But, because Just so you know. People have those questions though, Roman, right. you know what I mean? That's why I like to kind of elaborate on it. And what people yeah. don't understand is, is that, you know, when you're involved with, a, uh, uh, with an organization like the UFC, primarily Dana White and the people that run that business, everything's, everything is down the line 100% on the board. So there's no... There's no shenanigans that goes on with this. So when this Russian scientist says that everything is 100% natural, then, then that's that's the way it is, and you have to believe that. That's that's just so awesome. So, um, as as a fan, do you go to the fights? Absolutely. Every yeah. one of them. Uh, trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was the last fight that you were at? That's a good question. Last fight. Yeah. What was uh, the last personally? fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Uh, it was um, right before quarantine. I so remember. Connor Cowboy. Yeah, was it Connor? Did you Connor, go to Connor Cowboy. Cowboy? In Ju uh, July? No, 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 no. Right no Connor was in January. Oh, January. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm in January. Uh, not in January. Uh, it, it's a bit of maybe February. Yeah. February. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I'm missing that part. Uh, yeah. I mean, not yeah, being of in a person uh, yeah. Yeah. watching fights for sure, because that atmosphere is so exciting. Yes. It's, yeah. That's amazing. Well, we were talking about that before. How yeah. the, there's a mixture between entertainment and and sports and when they can when the ufc combines it together i mean when you go and watch a ufc fight it's like a rock concert with the music with the lighting with the sound with the production with that atmosphere with the people it's it's really an experience and for those people that haven't been to a ufc fight in person you really have to get out of, out of your box and try that out because it's an experience like no other right so you're very very lucky man to be working in that now now can i ask how old you are Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> officially saying close to 41. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, nobody knows. <laughs> so 35. <laughs> 35. We like to get into those semi-personal questions. What are you going to be for Halloween? Where? What are you going to be? Do you know? Are you, you going to dress, you dress up? up? Uh, my wife, uh, because... My, 
my wife is kind of stylist and she's organizing all of these uh, like things. Yeah. So, and because recently I started kind of distribute Aura Ring. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that Lord of Rings? Yes. Uh, so yeah. she, she, she's uh, thinking about that. I, yes. <laughs> That's a good idea. So with the Aura Ring, um, it, how, can, how can we plug that? You? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. personally. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to order. Yep. Yeah. And as soon as uh, you you will get your ring in your hands. So it's about, let's say, 10 minutes. Just connect, peer, everything, create account, and you can start using it. Yep. Next uh, morning, after you complete sleep, you will see all your data. Wow. And the more data ring will be able to collect from yep. you, yep. the more accurate recommendations uh, you will receive. The so. Aura ring. We are going to put a clip yeah. in, in three, two, one. Go to the clip. Right from the start, the mission was to have people to unleash their full potential, and that's where we succeeded. The first Aura Ring is the best wearable on the market in the measurement of sleep and recovery. Most of the people seem to love the design. It's the smallest wearable ever manufactured. There is many benefits when measuring from the finger. That enables accurate optical measurement, for example, we wanted to help people to recover from daily mental and physical strain. So we needed to develop a solution that really seamlessly and effortlessly integrates to your life and gives you guidance for better choices. We are so proud to announce the new Aura Ring to you all. Well, there you go. There's the clip right there. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to try that out because I think it's, it's fascinating that uh, this has been developed. Uh, absolutely. One of the, I would say, one of the most uh, robust technology and waterproof yep. is good. But how does it, it, it feel, though? Uh, it, this is ultralight titanium. So it's, oh, yeah. not, it's not like plastic. Yep. It's hard to damage, I would yep. say. Yep. <laughs> so you can punch with it. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually have a uh, titanium yeah. plate with eight screws in my neck. Oh. So when I broke my neck, they put titanium in <laughs> to, to hold it together. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. He's bionic. Yeah, the bionic man. So one more tool on your finger will be that. <laughs> yeah. so, so what's the cost of, of, of something like that? Uh, cheapest, two ninety nine. Now, And then is there a weekly or a monthly subscription that goes along no, with it? Really? Which is which is good part. So how does it transfer the, transfer the data all, all through? Uh, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. It will collect data on the ring and just as soon as you open your app. So yep. it will transfer data, then data will go to cloud. And so from cloud, this is how we monitor our athletes. Yep. I can see all athletes and um, we have some alarm system, not notification system. So if they're drinking alcohol, it comes <laughs> up? Uh, That's it. I'm definitely not getting my that because my wife is yeah. going to be under that. She's going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Again? <laughs> Let's put this Boston. way. Indirectly. Uh, Indirect, yeah. Based on assumptions, I can yeah. say, yeah, something uh, was yeah. happening. So yeah. you're married, right? Yes. Okay. Did you propose to her with the aura ring? <laughs> <laughs> like, sweetheart, we want to monitor your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's, Ivy Wed. That, that's unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I never used uh, rings actually. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. And my wife was happy. I uh, that you got that uh, on now. Yes. yes. Finally. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. Was, do you go back to Russia? When, when was a lot? Obviously not in the pandemic. But do you go back there much? Uh, I was trying every year, even several times yeah. uh, per year. Last time I was in April 2019. We had the event in Saint Petersburg, by the mm -hmm. way. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it was great. It was great. I would love to. Go, yeah, go yeah, I, had, I, I loved Russia. I had a great time over there. I thought the people were unbelievable. I loved the food. We were discussing mm -hmm. uh, the traditional soup over there, borscht, right. which is kind of for those of you that haven't had borscht. It's like a, it's kind of like a tomatoy, it's, it's beetroot flavored yeah. vegetable soup, right? Is that exactly. would you, would you yeah. say that's how you borscht. describe it? Yeah. yeah. Have you had it, Matt? I have not. No. no, really, Matt? Have I you? have not either. No. no, and you're a chef, and you never I know what the heck's wrong <laughs> with you. Damn Americans! Yeah. <laughs> Damn Americans! You try that, boys. Well, actually, have you? So we are. What what happens here? At what happens here is that after the podcast, we are going to feed you. So we're going to give you some traditional Australian food. When I say traditional Australian food, I'm talking about the Aussie Project. Now it's a brand new business here in Las Vegas, which is what we like to call a taste of Australia. So our traditional food in Australia is a meat pie. So we wanted to bring the element of Australia into Las Vegas. So awesome. one of our proud sponsors, Alex Biffin from the Aussie Project, is going to bring some pies in at the end of the podcast. And we're going to feed this hungry Russian over here. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. It's try delicious. For yeah. sure. It's yeah. amazing. It's, it's incredible. So, Shout out. We've got whiskeys here, but I should have, I should have thought and, and, and brought vodka. You're not a whiskey drinker? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. So I want you to look right over your left shoulder and grab that bottle. That's for you. That's a special. Yep, that one's for you right there. That's a special gift. Uh, Thank you very much. Conor McGregor and the guys from Proper 12 sent me over a case of whiskey, and I said I would definitely give it to all my guests. Don't know if you've tried it. It is the tastiest, the <laughs> finest liquid gold on the planet. It. Shout out to Proper 12 for Conor <laughs> McGregor. Thanks for the whiskey. Yeah. So, yeah, so try that one when you're... Uh, Maybe before you dress up as Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> as a Russian, I can't drink being alone. It's kind of prohibited. I'll come over. We can have a couple yeah, of exactly. <laughs> No problem. No problem. Yeah. So it's always, you. always we have to share yeah. uh, alcohol. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So how long have you lived in America now? Almost uh, 10 years. Next year will be 10 years. Here in Vegas? Oh, uh, no, no. I was living in Portland. Yep. Yeah. In Oregon. Yes. And three years ago. I moved to Vegas because of PA. So did, was there different requirements that you had to do with your education, considering obviously you studied in Russia? When you yeah. came over to America, was there different tests and there was different yeah. things that you had to go through to, to get the requirement to Absolutely. Be, yep. So I went through like re-evaluation. -evalu yep. But I have to mention, uh, I came to the States as a... a Specialist with exceptional abilities for the national interest of the United States mm. status. So, <laughs> I get that title tattooed on you. <laughs> Put that on a name tag. <laughs> so, as a as a young scientist, so with certain achievements. Uh, um, so, so yeah. in other words, you're really, really smart. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be. <laughs> now, is that a genetic, or were you just always obsessed with science as a kid? Yeah, I, I think second part. Yep. Genetics playing some yep. role, but yep. uh, yeah, it was. I appreciate that system yep. where uh, when I grew up, it was kind of for free yep. uh, education for free. I got school for free, university for free, and it was pretty solid uh, education, I have to say. So, like, very multidisciplinary and 
versus nowadays very structured yeah. and uh, you and know it's like old school approach yeah and it's not like that in russia it's changing as well yeah i would say yeah yeah, yeah. here it's more soft like yeah. people yeah. asking hey you want to learn this or want to learn this. So when yeah. I grew up, nobody asked me what I want to learn. Right. Physics, biochemistry, mathematics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so all scientists. So every, everything's and a little science. bit of samba. Yeah. 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 So everything, everything's about science to you. So, so like, you know, when people talk to you about uh, the other side or heaven or um, aliens or, or UFOs, um, you base all that off science as well. Lately, what's been happening here in 2020, there's been an astronomical amount of UFO sightings that have been spotted all over the world oh. uh, here in America and, and, and I'd love to know his opinion on this. <laughs> and, and across the globe. Um, scientifically, do you think it's feasible to say that there is uh, um, other living beings, entities outside of Earth? All right, let me provide pure scientific answer. Oh. <laughs> this is why you oh, ask a scientist yeah. about this kind of thing. Let me pour some more proper. Oh, yeah. was, uh, we're going to get, on, get on to Bigfoot after this. So stick around. <laughs> so there, there, are, there is thing like hypothesis, right? Yes. So in science, yeah, we first built hypothesis, and then we test this hypothesis, applying experiment. Right? So we measure and confirm or reject this hypothesis. If we can't measure, we can't confirm or reject. We just can't measure. So that will be my answer. If we can measure aliens and, you know, like... UFOs. Yeah, exactly. So we can confirm that hypothesis, what you, what you guys built. But if we can't, we don't know till we create some tools, methods, or, you know. So uh, things like yeah. eyewitness testimonies and, and things like that mean nothing to in you? In science, no, nothing. It's, so uh, it, it's a zero. But yeah. personally in your own heart, let, let, me, let me go this yeah. way then. Personally yeah. in your own heart, what is your, what is your thoughts on that? Do you, there so is, put, put aside the, the scientists yeah. <laughs> yeah. and okay. let's go into the heart of Roman Foman. There we go. There is certain probability. <laughs> right, All right, 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 here we go. We're scooping now. We're shoveling now. Yeah, yeah. yeah there is certain probability. Yeah, because, again, so we measure um, a certain area yep. in our universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can check, we can test, but... A lot of uncertainty still we Absolutely. have and therefore we can't say nothing is there we can say oh there is a probability let's build hypothesis from probability let's, yeah oh yeah because probability is like mm, let's say there is yeah yeah that, that's what i'm saying this is this is the this is what i'm not kind of grasping so there is oh, maybe probability is not the right word so assumption yeah right. or let's say you are trying to build your hypothesis, that's okay. You can construct and build as you want. So next step will be anyway to check, to test. Right. So, so we need to go to the Rothwell landing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, we need to go to Area 51. <laughs> 51, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Allen's probably not my area. Not your area? Uh, <laughs> it's hey. good to dabble into it. <laughs> yeah. it's it's you said scientists. I've had a couple of we, proper he's 12s. A scientist. Scientist. Hey, 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 what about that? He's a sports scientist. Yeah. A scientist nonetheless. Yeah. 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 We're, we're making from normal people aliens. Yeah. Applying yeah. sports science. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. With, with, the, uh, with the things that these UFC fighters that work for the UFC go through, I mean, you think that they are aliens because to watch it, it's just it's just... <laughs> 
phenomenal to watch and, and unbelievable. And, and th that's why there's only, as you say, there's only 660 people on the roster out of the entire world because these athletes are, are at a different level. And I don't think that, I think people just think that these athletes just walk into the octagon, you know, they do a 12 week training camp, they walk into the octagon and do their business. They don't understand the science behind it. Mm -hmm. Hence the reason why we had you on, on, on the program today was, was just to give us a bit of insight on that. So this weekend is a, is a great big fight. One of your countrymen from Dagestan, Khabib Nurmagomedov, is fighting Justin Gaethje. This is going to be a, a huge fight. They talked about having some fans over there in Abu Dhabi. Um, do, do you like to make predictions or do you like to – how do you think that one's going to go? I, I, personally, I think it's going to go the way that, that it always goes. Khabib, the animal that he is, is just going to drag – Drag him down like a like a like a like a lion drags down a water buffalo. I have this odd feeling Justin's gonna win. So we are, <laughs> really, we are rifted. Yeah, if he could if he could keep it on the feet and 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 use his takedown defense mm -hmm. and throw a lot of uppercuts and manage his distance, uh, he's got this one in the bag. Now, are you are you are you making this assumption or or, or uh, guess? Because of his last fight with Tony Ferguson and the dominant no. performance that he had over Tony. No, overall, uh, they always say like a, a bet, a, like a sports better. Uh, you go with the long term of what normally happens, and every time Justin keeps it on the feet, he tires guys out. And if you watch Khabib's fights, he normally tires within about the fourth or fifth round. So in the championship rounds, he actually slows down when Justin actually picks up. Right. And that's when he becomes dangerous. Yeah. So even if Khabib takes him down and has three, ten, eight rounds, he's going to have to put a lot of energy forward, and you know a lot about that, where he's going to have to uh, <laughs> wrestle him and, and expend a lot of energy to basically keep him on the ground. Yeah. Justin's an amazing wrestler. He's going to create a lot of scrambles, and he's very dangerous, and he's, he's, he's got a lot of grit. Yeah, and he's a messy fighter. He makes it a brawl, mm. no matter what. Yeah, and and it could be a bad match for Khabib. And Khabib knows if he doesn't get him to the ground, it's trouble. And Justin knows if I can't stay up, it's over. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting one on Saturday. So speaking of Khabib, um, obviously he's pretty well rounded all round with everything: cardio, striking, wrestling, um, yeah. me mental. Uh, f physical. What would what's what would something that you would like work on with Khabib? Uh, that's great question. What would something that, that you would have to work on with him? Maybe that now now and, and when you do work on yeah. these things, is it because what your data provides? Okay, maybe he needs to work on this little bit a bit more. Can you explain yeah. that a bit? Um, Habib has been here in the PI, yep. but he mm. was using this facility, our facility mostly for training. Right, mm -hmm. okay, so all this so, sports science stuff was probably done previously in Dagestan or something like that. Yeah, I'm not like, yep. uh, mm. oh, he hasn't been tested here right. and he uh, didn't go through all you know, sports science. Interesting, uh, yeah. very so, interesting. So as I mentioned before, so we have some athletes who are like fully involved, less involved, that's okay. Some, right. some. Yeah. Uh, fighters coming just for physical therapy yeah. or for nutrition to get like recommendations around their weight management, right. for example, yeah. weight cut, whatever it could be. Sometimes they stop by just for a bite to eat. Exactly, you know, exactly. You know, we know. have amazing cafeteria. How do I get a wristband so. again? <laughs> yeah. and, oh, yeah. man. So uh, this is our strategic goal, involve mm -hmm. 650 athletes in uh, our system, like full engagement and provide all services what we have for every single fighter. And this is what we are trying to do and applying certain approach. Uh, yeah, but we are yeah. young, 
So yeah. we are just three years old, and yeah. uh, so more and more fighters involved in, in this uh, process, but not everybody. So are you up there eight hours a day? Is that your primarily, is that where you work out of, is the, is the PI? Yes. So you're there all the time, you have your own office, you got everything... Mm -hmm. My life and my work actually they mix they mix yeah like I can't even like completely separate yeah I, so. I know the feeling yeah. I do know the feeling so like, <laughs> yeah yeah so um the way that I got to the, the way that I know Matthew here Matthew Matthew and I have worked together for for many years maybe we started working together about twenty years ago yeah twenty years ago yeah. So we started working about 20, 20 years wow. ago. Get us close so, about that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so this this is Matthew right here, and I believe you are January. Wait, this, yep, this, there he was, this is two thousand and one for God's sake. And where we going? Where we going? Girls, we going? eat your heart out. <laughs> so this this is this is two thousand and one. So this is twenty years ago. Yeah. And then I got uh, something going on there with the hand in the trousers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do with my hand. I want to know why you were always. Uh, are you January again? Matt, if you. Oh, no, actually, I was January this year. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> um, so, you know, we, we have been physically training and performing, and this is why it was so interesting, and I wanted Matt mm. to come on, because physically, as you can see, these guys have to be in shape 24-7. This is the uh, the Thunder From Down Under crew. It's a dance crew here in Las Vegas. I don't know if you've heard about it. You probably haven't. Um, women, come and watch it. Right. It's Australians. Yeah. Um, so these guys are, are physically, they know a lot about, indirectly about sports science right matt that's right yeah one, one question i had is there mm. is there an athlete that you can think of who has defied science i know it's hard for a scientist to to say but is there someone that's come in done the battery of tests you've looked at it then they've gone and fought and they've pulled something out that you thought how did he do that based on what i know about his battery of tests does that make sense is there someone that's got that heart factor that that unknown factor where they've they've gone a distance or 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 further than they should have gone based on the battery of tests. Is there someone that's defied the science? Is defied? Def um, gone against the science of what you know. You know, athlete oh. A oh, has, yeah, yeah. Yeah, has got this uh, level of VO2 max, and, yeah. and then they get into the ring or the octagon, and they've gone further than the, the you thought that they could do. Is there, is there any athlete that's stood out that's gone against the science? Good or? question. Yeah. Against the science. Yeah, yeah. like, like oh, oh, saying okay. against the science. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be Red flag for me. I don't want to be troll. Has there someone that has surprised yeah. you how well or how poorly they've performed yes. based on the battery of tests, the information that you've got? Uh, very good question. So I don't want to use names. No, I oh, God, no, 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 so, no, no, no. Damn. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Can you mouth it? Just mouth it. <laughs> yeah. I'm an, I'm an expert lip reader. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why MMA is amazing and beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like, let's say, I love running. I love cycling, like this, you know, uh, type, type of uh, sports where you go your on a bike or you know you can control a lot of things right. on mma in octagon there are a lot of let's say let's put this degrees of freedom right. moving parts around you as a fighter i'm trying to control like as much as i can however i can't control for example things around my opponent right right, right. so and therefore i have to be very flexible mm -hmm. and adaptive uh, ready to change my game plan, et cetera, et cetera, and use my 
uh, arsenal, available arsenal, not just in terms of skills, but my potential capacity right. uh, in cardiac system, in my muscles, etc., and deliver desired outcome, yeah. deliver useful result, right? Mm -hmm. So how you combine these things is important. And some fighters, they have this ability. They're using everything what is available in their body, in their, you know, mental, mm -hmm. they connect these things together mm -hmm. and they deliver amazing performance. And just recently, actually, uh, last uh, event has demonstrated uh, one of these, one of these examples. Again, no names, but right, right. <laughs> so uh, how you connect oh, yeah. different, uh, different uh, components, aspects or in your preparation. So preparation by definition is, a, is the process, right? right? Preparedness is a result right. of this process. So when you prepare yourself, you prepare for something, right? right. What will be happened? Mm. And during preparation, you, we want to make sure you have 100% physical component available, right. yeah? mental component available, right. yeah? technical component available, tactical component available. And during fight, that's your, that's your skill, how you take all of these components and yes, all, to, all together, yeah. exactly. Well, they, they are combined a little bit too. Like you, you know that when you get tired, let's say your cardio is running out, you can't concentrate as well. Like exactly. the, the coach might be talking yep. to you and, you know, Hook left hand, right. You know, mm. you, you you can't think. You yep. know, so check can you talk hook. about the check left hook? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there is a, a tough area. Um, we call this, you know, everything above your anaerobic threshold. When you you are using, maybe that's too scientific term, but so there is area, kind of high intensity area when you are using like um, a lot of glycogen instead right. of oxygen right. you, and you your body will produce a lot of like metabolic waste yeah, and muscles acid burning. yeah muscles yeah. burning mm -hmm. and it's not anymore about your skills it's a, it's about your like pure physiology how right. you survive yeah, right? Right. Yeah. and if you deliver some words to me uh, when i'm on that conditions i can't even like right. get sense from these right. words. Right. Right. It's kind of yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. therefore, uh, we what we do um, in the PI, we build this threshold mm. higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So, and fighters will be able to cross this threshold later or never even during the fight. And therefore, they can demonstrate skills. They yeah. can think. Right. They can evaluate all situations around them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. This is when I was saying we're increasing their physical capacity. It's not just about no. speed and power, right? No, it's, it's yeah. about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So is there, would you say there's such thing as, I know this is hard asking scientists these kind of questions, as the it factor, the it factor. Do some people just have it? have it speed natural speed natural oh, yeah, power like every, natural every, everything, everything that that you could put Absolutely. into place is yeah. there some person that just has it all and the, the effortlessly can do it which is what we like to call Habib. Uh, <laughs> granted by mother nature right yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Grant, granted by mother nature yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah yeah that's true there are some fighters who has amazing yep. uh not just background but talent yeah Kind of genetic predisposition, yeah, and yep. it's playing huge role. Yeah, so some fighters they have less talent, yep. Yep. but because they are very well organized, structured, yeah, they apply systematic yep. approach in their training. They can, yeah, be better than even talented people without talented. without training, just naturally, right? So, 
if you, for example, you are granted by Mother Nature um, better than me, for example, you have amazing speed, power, all your genetic predisposition is higher than my genetic predisposition for MMA, let's put it this way. Yeah? But I'm a big fan of MMA and I start training. Mm. Yeah? And my training is not random. Yours is random. Right. Mine is systematic. Yeah, I my training is very well structured. My day and night balance, low training load recovery, very well balanced. So I follow all procedure, procedures and I can be ahead of you. Right. Even beat your talent. Wow. <laughs> do, do you find so, that a lot? Is, wow. there, is there like an inverse relationship between the nat sure. naturally talented yeah, and whether they want to train yeah. as much as, as opposed to the other way around? It's very easy to ruin talent, actually. If, right. uh, like, really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let me use this example. You are granted by Mother Nature, but you are... Let's talk about me, maybe. Uh, otherwise, I will be sound like <laughs> angry Russian. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talented. But I'm lazy. lazy. Yeah. Just yeah. simply lazy. Yeah. yeah. And to be able. That's my problem. <laughs> I can relate to, to that. <laughs> to be able to develop my sport mastery performance, I have my training load has to be progressive. Right. It has to be increased, right? Because I'm competing not just with random guys from street. I'm competing right. against elite level athletes yeah. who are also training. Right? Yeah. right. So therefore, I have to kind of get more training load, being able to adjust process and increase my performance, right? But I'm lazy. Instead of, let's say, two training sessions, just one, instead of uh, per day, uh, instead <laughs> of uh, six per week, just two per week. Right. And therefore, I'm, my progress will be very, very little or applying certain lifestyle, lack of recovery, lack of sleep, um, Drinking? Yes, no. <laughs> uh, there is no direct correlation, but indirect existed. Yes! yes! <laughs> so, and therefore, yeah, you can kind yeah. of lost your mm. talent. Um, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so, so, this is why it has to be a system, system of preparation yeah. of the athlete. Because yeah. This sport is very competitive, mm -hmm. and evolution of this sport is moving forward. Yeah. And co competition, uh, excuse me, competitiveness. The competitiveness com is getting more and exactly. more. Yeah, and exactly. And getting better and better younger, and better. Yeah, younger yeah. generation coming yeah. with a background, not just yeah. with some great skills, but yeah. yeah. Like Michelle Pereira, have exactly. you seen him? Michelle Pereira. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Michelle. Shout Pereira. out to Michelle. He was on the show last week as well. Right. So here's the thing. So. Matthew has a, de uh, a bachelor's degree in sports science. He's looking for a new job. Is there, any, <laughs> is there anything happening up at the UFC uh, Performance Institute? Are you looking for an assistant? Because this man here not only knows a lot about combat sports, he knows a lot about physical training, right, and he also right. has the degree. Is, there, is, is that possible well, at all? Let's make it clear to my current employer that I'm not looking for a new job. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, I'm, I'm, let me button and okay. say I am looking yeah, for yeah. a job. If but, you need help in the smoothie aisle, <laughs> or if you need help with the performance food, <laughs> you let me know. Your boy's ready to go. But, but I am fascinated by the whole thing. I right. would love to spend right. some time during the day or whatever and, yeah. and just even even just watch. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, maybe you mm. guys should exchange numbers after mm. this and, mm. um, you know, they're always looking yeah. for for smart brains. So what normally we do, um, Roman, is that at the, at the end of the podcast, we always like to get our guests to give a positive 
comment or note of encouragement to people out there that maybe are either tracing their dreams or maybe not feeling too well about themselves? Is there something positive that you could say to the people that are listening um, on, 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 you know, a scientific comment? Yeah, on for sure. Uh, please don't guess. Uh, I would say always measure, try to assess, try to get objective information. This is why we have, we have all of these technologies available. If you do some training, you try to measure, evaluate load, recovery, uh, how different physiological processes going in your body. It will help a lot because if you start collecting information from your body, you start learn from your body and everything what you do will be more efficient. So, and of course, enjoy MMA yeah. <laughs> and sports science in MMA yeah. and more exciting things coming. So no, not just uh, around physiology or biomechanics, but uh, for fans as well. So a lot of scientific methods uh, are currently uh, applying to uh, even during fight performance, a lot of metrics available. It w they will be real time soon. And yeah, enjoy enjoy a whole MMA uh, environment and community and sport, of course. Awesome, Matt. Got anything to say on a party note, brother? <laughs> oh, just it's been absolutely fascinating <laughs> having him here. I mean, yeah. just one of the greatest, obviously, in the industry, and just yeah. learning and soaking in that. that yeah, that and it, it makes you want to get in there and, and start oh, learning. Yeah. I, I can feel your 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 brain ticking over. I can, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can actually hear it through the headphones. It's yeah, like yeah. yours is ticking. Matt's is kind yeah. of like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about those Australian meat pies yeah. in the other yeah. room right no, now. I can't no, help and he's, it. And he's I right. Help. I mean, how many times do you walk into a gym and people aren't writing down what they're doing? They're yeah. not measuring what they're doing. So yeah. they come in, they might do bench press ten times, yeah. and then they might it might be eight or nine days before they come back and do bench press again, and they're expected to remember that. No way. You know what? Yeah. He always had a book. Yep. When we used to work out together, mm -hmm. even 20, 22 years ago, he always had, and I used to say to him, why are you writing yeah. that shit? Why are you writing that shit down? That's true this scientific approach. Documentation. That's it. That's it. Anything wow. you got to say before we bounce back? just want to say it's an absolute honor to have you in. Uh, it's awesome picking your brain and hearing all these stories. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the director of sports science for the UFCPI, it's it's fascinating, honestly. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. and and once again, um, we are uh, not only are we fans of the sport, but we also respect everything about it. So I want to thank you very much for coming. In. You've been a great guest, man. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our little podcast here. Um, thank you, thank you very much for the invitation. That was amazing, and I was. Uh, Thinking it will be long, but it's like five minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. Well, once again, we didn't we didn't answer any of uh, we didn't ask any of the questions that we had written down. But that's the way that we work it. We do this podcast as a conversational piece. I didn't know too much about it. I know a lot more about it, and I'm going to learn a lot more about it. I want to say thank you very much to my co-host, my main man Matt, one of my best friends, my brothers Matthew Fardell from Thunder from Down Under, and of course the man with a name that could be that could be a wrestler, <laughs> Roman Foman, the director of sports science at the UFC. Institute, pump that music up, and as we Woo! say, let's lay down your guns and surrender. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Marcus Dinger for the Look Up Podcast. See you next time.